What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. It's your man, GB, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing absolutely well as we have hit the midpoint of the week. We call it Hump Day. It's also Wednesday Night War Day. So yeah, there's a lot of really cool things happening. Hope you guys are doing well and have had a great week so far. Certainly, we've had a lot of fun bringing you some fantastic content here on The Faction. Shout out to everybody who joins us by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. We appreciate you for sure. Equal appreciation for all of you who are listening to us by way of podcast. Those who have hit that subscribe button, thank you so very much. If you've not done so, you know what to do. Hit the subscribe button, and while you're at it, go ahead and rate us and leave us a comment as well. We really love hearing your thoughts, and maybe one of these days we should read some of those comments so that you guys know we're actually really, really paying attention. All right. Lots to get to as it has been certainly a very busy week in the world of pro wrestling. First, let's talk Monday Night Raw. This week's episode of Raw brought in an average of 1.855 million viewers. That's up close to 50,000 viewers from last week's show. And uh, again, it's kind of interesting. There's been no competition this week in terms of football or big ticket news items as well. Of course, it's the go-home show for Monday Night Raw heading into the Royal Rumble. We got to see Drew McIntyre back. We got to see Goldberg back. It looks like we could be getting a U.S. title match, perhaps even at the Rumble between Riddle and Bobby Lashley. There seems to be another rift inside the Hurt business. And of course, this business with Alexa Bliss, Asuka, and Randy Orton. There's a lot of things happening on Monday Night Raw, and I gotta say, I think it was a good show overall. I find myself very intrigued again with what's going on with Alexa Bliss. I'm not sure she needs to be the Raw Women's Champion, though I think it would add certainly a different wrinkle to things in the world of women's wrestling in WWE. She is in the Royal Rumble, and speaking of the Royal Rumble, thank you all for tuning into yesterday's show. If you missed it, we kind of gave you a bit of a history lesson on the Royal Rumble. As we are in gear for Royal Rumble 2021, we're going to give our full predictions on Friday's show. But go back, listen to yesterday's show if you've not done that. I think you're going to learn some really, really cool things about the Royal Rumble. With that said, uh, things are shaping up for both the men's and women's Royal Rumble matches. We've not seen or heard the full 30-man or 30-woman roster of participants for the Rumble matches. So, of course, there's always room for surprises and the like. I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens is I think on both sides, there are some opportunities uh, for multiple people to walk out as the winner and it would all make sense. So it's gonna be super interesting to take a look at that. Speaking of Monday Night Raw, as we mentioned, it was the first time back for Drew McIntyre who had been out due to uh, COVID-19. It is the first time that we've heard a wrestler actually mention the word COVID in a WWE ring. So that's interesting. If you watched SmackDown, you saw how Roman Reigns censored himself from almost saying the word COVID uh, on SmackDown. 
So it's really, really interesting. And one would imagine that certainly after uh, the WWE champion has come down with COVID-19, that there would be some special things put in place for those athletes and those on-screen performers, uh, perhaps even the idea of getting vaccinated. Well, an interesting piece of news has come out according to Fightful Select. WWE informed the roster via its talent relations app that the company will not be providing COVID-19 vaccines for on-screen talent. According to them, as independent contractors, if they want to get vaccinated, they have to handle it on their own. So according to certain wrestlers, uh, the reactions ranged from being shocked to frustrated and not surprised. And I think you should know this, that there are senior members of WWE staff who actively speaks out against COVID and its existence altogether. Guys, are we really surprised by this? Besides the fact that the former president of the United States is still a WWE Hall of Fame active member, and he did not necessarily believe in the power of COVID and that there were direct connections between uh, the WWE, a.k.a. Linda McMahon and Donald Trump in terms of being part of the cabinet, being part of his pack, et cetera, et cetera. This is not to wax political. It is to say that it is dangerous that the WWE has senior members that don't even believe that COVID exists we're not talking about should there be shut down should you wear a mask they don't believe it exists so no wonder wwe went through all sorts of channels to see to it that their people could be deemed essential personnel etc 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 i gotta say this WWE sometimes can be such a mixed bag, right? On one hand, you really want to enjoy uh, what they are bringing to us, and you think about the deals like the Peacock deal, which I'll talk about in just a second, and you think, wow, these are some major moves for the world of pro wrestling. But then to know that there are senior members who will not even believe that COVID exists. So if they don't believe that COVID exists, certainly they're not going to issue vaccines, which I just think is wildly irresponsible for these wrestlers who are literally putting their lives on the line for your entertainment and for your bottom line. It is always one of those things that has made me uncomfortable about what's going on in WWE. The fact that you will consider these people independent contractors and you use that to not provide health benefits, to not allow them to unionize, and in this case, to not provide a COVID vaccine for these superstars. Now, you just signed a billion dollar deal with Peacock, your third billion dollar deal in the last two years. So it's not an issue of money that you won't do it. Uh, this is a problem. Yet these are independent contractors who don't get the opportunity to work in multiple places. So something about this has to be done because it's not right. And the idea that a wrestler could contract COVID and could go through all sorts of things because the company that they work for while they're putting themselves on the line won't give them a vaccine is crazy. One other thing, if that's if if there are people in the senior leadership who don't believe in COVID, um, 
That's a bigger problem, folks. That's a bigger problem. And I'm not here to tell you whether or not to support WWE, but I do think we have to consider these things um, and consider the danger that they are putting superstars in and they won't even give health benefits. All right, I didn't want to take too much time on that, but I did think it's important to note why this is a major issue. I mean, over 400,000 people in the United States dying is not a hoax. Um, People dealing with all sorts of COVID-related issues is not a hoax. So I, I don't know, folks. I don't know. But this certainly makes things very, very interesting as we're taking a look at the width and breadth of this uh, pandemic and its relation to WWE. Speaking of that, as we mentioned, uh, the plan for WrestleMania is to bring in 30,000 fans per night at the Raymond James Stadium in April. And understanding this piece of information, I now wonder what will be the guidelines for these fans? Uh, How will you sell tickets? Will there be social distancing? Is there any sort of testing that's going to happen for the fans that are coming in? And I don't necessarily mean uh, temperature checks, because one thing we have all learned is that it is very possible to be asymptomatic and carry COVID. I'm nervous about this. Will masks be required? I I don't know. There's a lot of questions about this WrestleMania situation, and these are questions that we will get answered. One thing we know is that WrestleMania will air live on the Peacock Network uh, as part of this new deal between WWE Network and Peacock. So I'm sure you've heard. We certainly chronicled it uh, on social media and on this podcast about the deal between NBC Universal and the WWE regarding the WWE Network. Now, there's a couple of other pieces that I think you should know that I think are very, very important to understand. One of them being this, that Peacock is looking to establish a reputation as a streaming service for live sports. So one of the things that they announced last Friday is that NBC will shut down its sports cable channel, NBC Sports News, and that Peacock will carry some of that programming beginning in 2022. Peacock currently airs many Premier League soccer games and other sports content. So the concept of Peacock housing and airing sports content is not new. Certainly, I think WWE could arguably be the biggest ticket item from a sports perspective on Peacock, but that gets very interesting. And remember, if you don't have a Peacock subscription, you can get a subscription for $4.99 a month, and that will care for uh, your access to the WWE Network, along with all of the other great things on Peacock. So this is going to be interesting. More details are coming out in the coming days relative to those who have a subscription to the WWE Network, how that will be handled in terms of rolling into Peacock, uh, along with other details about WrestleMania, etc., 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 Of course, tonight we've got the Wednesday Night Wars as, of course, AEW Dynamite will take on NXT. Should be another two great shows. Intrigued to see how NXT will be handling certain things as NXT is gearing up for their takeover uh, on Valentine's Day, February the 14th, while AEW is preparing for their Revolution pay-per-view, and they have a big event coming up in February as well, next Wednesday to be precise, Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Before we go, 
I want to ask a question to you guys that has just been rolling in my mind as of late. When we looked at 2020, for instance, and we looked at, you know, the challenges that a lot of organizations had, be it WWE, AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, etc., etc. Most of those organizations, of course, made comebacks, Impact Wrestling, uh, Some of those never took time off, like AEW, Impact, and WWE. For those who did take time off, they are back in the swing of things. Most cases are without fans, with the exception of New Japan Pro Wrestling. But perhaps the one organization that had so much promise coming into 2020, and as of 2021, seems to be close to flatlining, is the NWA. Coming into 2020, you could argue that nobody had more momentum than the NWA. Uh, They had introduced their show Power back in October of 2019. Power was its own unique brand of content, uh, really giving us that old school feel with a new school twist. It had been doing amazing. We started getting NWA pay-per-view events going into April of 2020. The NWA was prepared to house its first pay-per-view outside of the GPB studios uh, at a great arena, the Gateway Arena here in Atlanta, which was going to seat about five to 6,000 people. Uh, it was going to be the Crockett Cup. They had a deal with Ring of Honor. Like All of these things were in the process of happening. The pandemic comes, power goes away, so does the NWA taping. Then you have, of course, speaking out, which costs the NWA its vice president, Dave Lagana. And all of a sudden, the NWA isn't what it used to be. The NWA announces this deal uh, mid-September with the United Wrestling Network that they would move their tapings from Atlanta to Long Beach, California. Upon watching these shows, which you could only watch on pay-per-view, it wasn't just the NWA. It was the NWA and a a lot of other wrestling organizations represented from an independent perspective. Those pay-per-views have since stopped because really there wasn't enough buy rate for them. The NWA launched a new show called Shockwave, which was merely lifting the NWA matches from those pay-per-views and making them available for free on YouTube. There were only four episodes of that, and now we have no new programming from the NWA. The most we see from the NWA is the NWA Women's Championship, which is in AEW at this point. But what's happening? Where's the talent? A lot of the talent is showing up in other places. Uh, Jazz, who had relinquished the NWA Women's World Championship and said she was retiring, is now a part of the Impact roster. Tasha Steeles is in the Impact roster. She's now part of the Impact Knockouts division as a tag team champion. Most recently, one of the former tag team champions, James Storm, has popped up in Impact again. Uh, We, of course, saw Stu Bennett, a.k.a. Wade. Barrett make his way to NXT it is as though the bulk of the NWA talent is leaving we've heard that they've been encouraged to seek out other booking opportunities to be able to make money but the NWA could be the latest casualty of the pandemic We don't know when there are going to be new tapings. There was talk of power possibly returning. That hasn't happened. So I want to ask you, what should the NWA do? Should the NWA continue to try to function as is? 
should they try to bring back some new programming or should they perhaps sell to Tony Khan and AEW? I want to get your thoughts right now on what the NWA should do. Let us know by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. What should happen with the NWA? Let us know that right now by way of social media. Tomorrow, we conclude the first part of our Throwback Thursday series as we wrap up our conversation about Lucha Underground. I hope you guys have been enjoying that. Friday, we've got your recap of the Wednesday Night Wars, and our predictions for the Royal Rumble event. So be on the lookout for that. That should be a lot of fun. And stay connected to our social media. All sorts of great content to be featured there as well. I also want to give a big shout out to one of our good UK friends, Adrian Howe, a.k.a. A-Dazzle, who is the mastermind, and I do mean mastermind, behind Black Wrestling Alliance. If you follow them on Instagram, they have had such an amazing viewpoint and perspective and outlet for the African-American wrestler, male and female. They cover promotions from all around the world. So I want to give him a big shout out on his birthday today. Salute to you, sir, and thank you for all you do, not just for the pro wrestling business, but for the African-American pro wrestler. All right. With that said, go ahead and give them a follow at Black Wrestling Alliance. I think you guys are going to love what they are doing. And we hope to have them on the show at some point in the future. All right, guys. Until next time, it's your man, GB Gerard Bonner, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. Have a great day. I need my people. Here we go.